Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast with Melinda and myself. Hi, welcome back, everybody. We've got a cracker of an episode today. There's been a lot of research, again, that's been put into this episode. So I really hope you get some value. So um, today we're going to have a bit of a chat about um, Greater Brisbane land and house and land uh, availability, prices, supply. Uh, it's a it's a region level, so we're sort of talking about region levels, not suburb specific levels. Um, so quite a broad area there. Um, and obviously, as as you are well aware, data stats. Melinda's quite excited about this. She's got paper full of information here, and I'm ready to share it all. Yeah, look, a lot of this information um, has been extracted from a well-known and trusted property analyst, uh, Michael Matusik. Um, He does release uh, weekly emails to subscribers. So if you're interested in having a look at some of the data from where this has come, um, head on over to matusik.com.au and subscribe to the weekly updates. It's really valuable information and it is very specific to you know, Brisbane in a lot of instances. So we're going to get right into it and have a look at, um, you know, what the potential for future supply is for land in certain regions. And we are focusing on greater Brisbane. So that's going to include an analysis of what's happening out in Redlands, Logan, Ipswich, the Moreton Bay region, and also the Brisbane City Council region. Yeah. So look, to before Melinda jumps into all the data and stats and everything, um, to keep it pretty simple, obviously, when we talk investing into property, we we focus a lot on the capital growth. Um, so land values obviously increase, and that's what you're after, is your land to go up in value and your property coming from a, a builder. Um, property houses, for example, get older. They're like similar to a car, I guess. They get The older they are, the less they're, they're actually worth. And unless you actually manufacture some equity and push some money into it to make improvements, the property will go down in value. So you want to make your money out of the land component of it to increase. Absolutely. That's why um, location selection is critical if you are a property investor because, yeah, the land component, as Scott mentioned, is the component that will allow the asset to grow or appreciate in value. And as we all know, being a property investor, um, the house itself has the ability to be depreciated, which, you know, if you haven't already listened to the episode with Mike Mortlock, um, have a look at that one because that will help you understand all about how uh, the value of a house will depreciate over time and the tax benefits associated with that. So let's get started. Yeah, so let's um, let's jump in. We're going to just jump around a little bit. So we'll start off with the past 12 months. We'll then go back into um, the last 10 years, so a bit of a decade behind, and then obviously looking at the future supply in the area. So let's have a look at the, the past 12 months, sales, land availability, locations, sizes, uh, metre rates, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Now, Brisbane, as we all know, is a rapidly growing city. So when we're talking about what is the availability of future land, we get an idea of what corridors are being developed. Um, And when we look at the last 12 months, and this data is only up until the end of March 2020, but we can look at the number of blocks that were newly registered, that is new vacant residential land um, being a new registered lot. And we could break that down by areas or council regions in the greater Brisbane region to determine what proportion um, of land is coming from each 
uh, Shire, and that helps us to understand the supply side of the supply and demand ratio in relation to property values. So coming in at number one, um, the Logan Shire has supplied the greatest number of new registered lots for the year ending March 2020, with 1,551 new lots being created. Uh, that's 14% of all of Southeast Queensland's land supply. Now, of interest is that one particular region, Baronia Heights to Park Ridge, that region alone has accounted for 8% of Southeast Queensland's land supply over the last 12 months. So that's pretty significant um, to understand if you are looking to buy in that location. The second region um, in terms of land supply in the last 12 months has come from the Moreton Bay Council region, 1,400 new lots registered over the last 12 months, and that's 13% of Southeast Queensland's new land supply. Uh, third place, uh, Brisbane local government area and Ipswich, uh, both supplying around 10% of the um, total land supply for southeast Queensland, very similar. Ipswich slightly higher with 1,117 new lots and Brisbane local government area at 1,066 new lots. And coming in in last place is Redlands, only 235 new lots in that um, council region, which only accounts for 2% of southeast Queensland's land supply. So that's what's actually happened in the last 12 months. Um, it's a snapshot in time. It is not a trend. So I guess the more important element is, you know, how that looks over a longer period of time. So that that um, that supply, Melinda, just going back to that, that when we talk Brisbane, for example, and I know some people do know the areas like Logan, Moreton Bay, uh, Redlands, those sort of areas. When you talk Brisbane, how how far are we talking from sort of the, the Brisbane CBD? Is it quite a distance? Yeah, so when we're talking about new lot registrations, um, in terms of this research, it does not relate to infill development as such. Um, that's splitter blocks and things in the inner city locations. We're talking about new lot um, land creations generally, um, for example, in the Brisbane local government region, Pallara and Willawong presented about 4% of all of southeast Queensland's land supply. That was the greatest contribution for the Brisbane um, LGA, followed by Rochdale with um, 2% of Southeast Queensland supply. So as you can appreciate, some areas at a suburb level will contribute a lot more land supply than other areas. And, you know, that's obviously what we're able to help clients with um, when they work with us. Yeah. So that, that that's pushing you those areas. Um, I probably should have checked this beforehand, but Rochdale, those areas, Willowong, they're probably 30 odd kilometers maybe more than the cbd they're, they're quite a distance away so yeah it's not the infill as melinda mentioned so um so that that's the the supply yeah and i i guess just remembering that brisbane as a local government area is um the largest local government area in australia so we are talking a very large geographical area when we're talking about brisbane yeah so um so that that's the supply side of it um what about what's sold out of that yeah, we can look at the, the same period up until March 2020 to have a look at not just what's been registered, so what has become available um, to the market, but what's sold. And that can give us an indication of the absorption rate or, you know, more importantly, what land has become available, but what's sold. So what is the potential demand of that area and how much excess stock may be sitting in a particular location that's not sold? Now, when we look at that... Um, 
Moreton Bay comes out on top as the area that has the greatest level of absorption. So obviously we look at um, in sold prices, we not only look at vacant land sales, but we also look at house and land package sales. So we've broken all of that down in the Moreton Bay um, up until March 2020, 127 house and land packages were sold, um, 966 vacant land sales. That's a total of 1,093 transactions. Um, now that equates to 78% of the total lot registrations, which were 1,400 for Moreton Bay. So that makes it the um, most desirable, I guess you could say, or it has the greatest absorption rate in terms of those new house and land sales, which I think is a, is a good indicator to look at to help us understand where the demand is for these types of properties. Mm, that that does increase quite a bit. When when seventy eight percent, I think, as a developer, you'd be you'd be quite happy with those sort of um, percentages on that. Um, Brisbane coming in just after that, I believe, seventy three percent. Yeah, Brisbane number two, so um, 108 house and land package sales um, up until March 2020, 675 vacant land sales. So that's a total of 783 um, total sales um, out of a potential 1,066. So that's an absorption rate of 73%. So again, pretty close behind Moreton Bay um, and certainly, yeah, still shows that there's strong demand in the locations where that vacant land um, or house and land packages are available. And and the um, behind that, obviously, then Ipswich, um, Logan and Redlands, what did they come in at? Yeah, so Ipswich um, coming in at number three. So 115 house and land package sales, 649 vacant land sales. That's a total of 764 sales up until March 2020. Um, that's out of a potential 1,117 registered vacant lots, an absorption rate of 68%. Uh, followed by Logan, um, an absorption rate of 60% with 147 house and land package sales and 794 vacant land sales. Um, and coming in in fifth place is the Redlands, um, predominantly in the Thornlands region, um, much smaller numbers, but um, their absorption rate very low at 49%. So an interesting part of that is if we can, when we're talking land, there's obviously different sizes of land. Um, it's not all the same. Obviously, you don't get your 405s, your 607s, your 810s consistently. Um, what about if we broke that down into a square meterage side of things? I think that's important because, you know, we can compare the median value of what vacant land is selling for in all of these regions, but what's more relative, because land sizes change depending on the developer and depending on the estate, what is more relevant is what is the price per square metre, and I've got that data as well, which is um, really interesting to look at. Um, it is consistent with the information that most people already know. The closer to the CBD, generally speaking, the more expensive the land. So Brisbane, as a local government area, came in at number one with the average price per square metre at $1,007. Now, again, we can break that down into a couple of regions. The most expensive within Brisbane is um, around Rochdale the price there increases to $1,145 per square metre and the cheapest region in the Brisbane LGA is Pallara to Willowong with um, $775 per square metre. So that just gives you an indication of, um, you know, the, the average square metre rate um, when we're looking at Brisbane as a location. Next in line, Moreton Bay. Um, so consistent with demand, these two regions were the highest absorption rate that you'll remember I spoke about previously. So 
Um, the average price per square metre in Moreton Bay is $678 per square metre. Um, however, there are more expensive and, and cheaper locations within this region as well. Um, just to give you, you know, the most expensive, Scarborough, Newport region, um, that's at $897 per square metre and the cheapest area in Moreton Bay, Caboolture South, which is $428 per square metre. So, you know, almost half of um, other locations. So you do need to treat median values with a grain of salt and, and take them with caution and break it down to a suburb level. Yeah, it's interesting you look at those prices. Um, so that was Brisbane Morton, uh, Redland coming after that, followed then by obviously Logan and Ipswich on that square metered average, that is. Absolutely. Redland's the average square metre rate at $647 per square metre. And then when we're going into Logan, um, that came in at number four at $540 per square metre. Of interest in Logan, not much difference in, in all of the regions. Um, between $541 per square metre to $558 per square metre across the region. So there's not much variation there. Uh, but then looking at Ipswich, um, that's come in as the cheapest government region out of Greater Brisbane in terms of vacant land. That's $500 per square metre as an average. Uh, but when we break that down, obviously there's cheaper areas, the cheapest being Collingwood Park to Red Bank um, at $398. Uh, dollars per square metre, but the most expensive being Springfield at $655 per square metre. So, you know, it's really important to understand not just the median value of vacant land, but what is the price per square metre? Because the lot sizes do vary depending on where you're buying and what you're buying. So that's a good way to break it down. That, that's actually quite interesting when you look at that, just those numbers. And I haven't had a close look at these like Melinda has, but when you look at the Brisbane one, for example, there's um, budget figures here, um, estimates, you know, there's about $500 difference per square metre from your most expensive to your cheapest. But then when you jump down to the others, as Melinda said, Logan, there's there's nearly nothing in it. Um, and the and Ipswich itself $300. So it's amazing that there's a big difference in some areas compared to others on that square metre rate. Um, obviously, different locations make a, make a big difference to price. Absolutely. And I, I think we only have to look at what some, you know, infill development sites might be selling for. They're your typical, you know, eight, ten blocks that have been subdivided or split into two lots. Um, and, you know, prices would be, you know, much higher than $1,145 per square metre for premium lots in those infill developments in Brisbane as well. So it is all relative to location. And I think that that's, you know, pretty good for, for people to understand. Yeah. Okay. So um, what about the historical um if we jump over to that that's we've touched on there probably the last 12 months a lot of that information is what if we go back a little bit further and we look at a 10-year program and say what's what's been the 10-year changes this is the stuff that really excites me because obviously when we're looking at property we're not buying for 12 months we're buying for the long term so when we're looking at what's happened historically over the last 10 years it might give us a bit of an indication in terms of where we might be heading in the future. Um, and obviously, that's going to be relative to where the future supply is coming um, from as well. But we've got the um, change over the past decade. Now, this is data that has been taken between June 2010 and June 2020. So um, we can look at the each of the local uh, government areas, that is Brisbane, Ipswich, Logan, Moreton Bay and Redlands. And we can look at the median value change that is um, 
or has has occurred over that period of time. Now, each of those regions um, has changed, you know, a lot in in the last ten years. But as I mentioned before, the value change is only going to be relative to the median lot size as well. And what we found over the last 10 years is that the median lot size has changed significantly across all locations. Now, let me give you an example. In Brisbane, the median lot size has decreased 20% between June 2010 and June 2020. Whereas in other regions, um, the highest decrease in lot size has been in the Redlands, negative 36% change in the median lot size between June 2010 and June 2020. So that's a big change. And the other regions, Ipswich, a change of 29% um, smaller, Logan, 30% smaller, and Moreton Bay, 27% smaller. So there's been a big change in the median lot size over the last 10 years. So what's relevant when we're assessing the change in land price values is what is the price per square metre and what has that change been over the last 10 years. So this is the exciting stuff. Um, Interestingly, the area or the region that grew the most in the average price per square metre for vacant land was Moreton Bay. 79% change in the average price per square metre. So that's come in at number one. Uh, number two, very close behind, it's 71% price growth per square metre. That's the Brisbane local government area. Um, and then that was followed a bit of a step down to Ipswich at 65%, um, Redlands at 55%, and then Logan coming in in fifth place um, at 52% average price growth per square metre over the last 10 years. Now, that's relative for anyone that is interested in getting an understanding of what the potential capital growth might be, because capital growth comes from the land component, not from the building component. So this data is really relevant for people that are interested in long-term investment strategy. Yeah, it does. That just backs up exactly what we started by talking about the land and how it goes up in value. That's, gee, don't you wish you'd bought a lot more probably 10 years ago? Um, But we could be saying that in 10 years' time as well. So um, it seems like prices are increasing um, and they're still increasing as well. Land sales obviously increase, increasing across southeast Queensland. Um, what's a lot to contribute with that? Have we got any sort of information on that? Yeah, it's been interesting because up until the beginning of this year, we actually had a slowdown in vacant land sales throughout southeast Queensland. But obviously off the back of COVID um, and the recent incentives that have become about because of the home builder incentives, demand has actually been brought forward and that's really caused a spike in vacant land sales in recent months throughout Greater Brisbane. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what this data looks like 12 months from now because I'm sure that the volumes will have significantly increased from where we are today and, in fact, that's something that I'd like to revisit in the future. So, yeah, at the moment vacant land sales um, are extremely high and that's off the back of the home builder incentive. Yeah, so this is not my job to do all the the research and the study, but I did do something quietly um, that Melinda doesn't know about. But when we're talking about that price increase and the land going up in value, and we talk about infill property, um, we actually, I know of a property that was purchased not long ago, vacant block of land, it's in the inner north area. If I break that down to a square metre rate, that actually came at about $1,500 a square metre. Um, So it just shows that once properties get built and everything gets built out, that land value is is what the, um, that's where your money is in your capital growth and your land component. So 
Um, let's let's look to the future. What what can we sort of predict or on our uh, crystal ball, and what do we see in the future side of things? Yeah, well, this is when we have to really break down these um, local government regions to understand what is the potential for future supply and what does that future supply look like. Um, now, Michael Matusik's done some great work in this area as well, and what he's looked at is um, allocating or or just looking at the potential for future supply in comparison to the demand for property in certain locations. So he has attributed demand as the average annual urban residential allotment registrations over the past five years and supply being the new urban residential supply over the next five years as well. Now, when we look at the total supply in years, he's then broken that down to the number of years that that potential supply will last. So there's some pretty clever um, calculations in here, and I suggest you um, you know, head over to his website to get a lot of the detail if you are interested in these numbers. But when we're looking at where and what regions are going to provide the most supply versus which regions are going to provide the least supply, it is consistent with what we already know about the availability of greenfield land. The least supply is going to be coming from the Brisbane local government area. And I don't think that's any surprise for any of us. And when we look at the total supply as measured in the number of years from this point forward, it's 3.6 years of supply. That's actually not a lot when we're looking at what's in the pipeline for Brisbane um, at the moment. So that's under the current city plan scheme um, with the minimum lot sizes as prescribed, 3.6 years. Um, similarly, Redlands, only 3.6 years of future supply. Then we jump um, up a little bit, Moreton Bay has got 6.7 years of future supply. Um, the Ipswich region uh, looks to have 11 years of future supply and the corridor with the greatest number of years of future supply is Logan at 16.4 years of future supply. So Ipswich and Logan, um, they're the two major southeast Queensland corridors with adequate land supplies for a number of years. Um, all other areas, um, yeah, less than seven years of future supply. Mm, that, that's quite interesting. When you look at 3.6 years, um, it's not very long to look down the track, obviously, for that land supply component of it as well. Yeah, I think one last thing I'd like to say before we wrap it up today is that of interest more recently um, is that any of these, um, the land supply that has been developed has come from really small developments. Um, so if we have a look at that, the number of small developments that are, that is less developers that are producing vacant land where there's less than 10 allotments in the development, that's 86% of all land supply um, recently. So that's a really small proportion of the potential for future supply. So what that tells me is that there's big parcels of land that are sitting there that are not yet being developed. Um, and it's really important for you as a property buyer to understand where those parcels of land are, because if you're buying in an adjacent suburb, that can potentially impact on the value of your land if, you know, there's a lot of future supply coming. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, look, I, I think we've covered most of that there. There's been a lot of uh, numbers and stats and um, obviously Melinda enjoys that type of thing. I threw my little bit in there, which I thought was quite exciting for me for a change. Um, but look, I think it is, it's all that supply side of it, um, supply demand on land as well. Um, 
capital growth, look for those areas, buy in the right location. Um, I do, that's probably it from me. If you, Melinda will probably have a bit more to wrap up on. So I'll let Melinda do a quick wrap um, and we'll talk again soon. Um, that's it from me. Thanks very much and bye for now. Yeah, I do want to um, make sure that I wrap it up by just saying that remember that property prices are driven by the value or the difference between supply and demand. And when we're looking at supply, one way to measure supply is looking at the potential for future uh, vacant land and what the future supply of new house dwellings might be. But the other way to look at supply is to have a look at what is actually being listed and listing volumes are an indicator of potential supply as well. And we know right now in Brisbane, listing volumes are down significantly from where they were 12 months ago off the back of COVID. So we are in a very tight market. Um, so that's really interesting. And on the demand side, obviously, lots of things contribute to demand. We've got population growth, desirability, affordability, interest rates, um, you know, the credit environment, lots of things contribute to the demand for property. So, you know, it's the balance between the two that will impact on property values. I hope you've got some value out of today's um, chat. I certainly love, you know, breaking down Greater Brisbane to really help some of our listeners understand what is happening on the ground, what is happening at a local level and what some of these numbers mean when you just uh, break it down, talk about them and make sense of them. So I hope that's helped. Um, until next time, enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, please don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family. Tell them that we exist. Anyone that is looking to purchase a home or an investment or a development site here in Brisbane, they will be sure to get some value from this podcast. And if you love it, and if you are prepared to send us a review, we would really appreciate that as well. It helps us enormously. So thank you again for your time. And we'll look forward to chatting to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.